0: We're, we're okay now we're recording hi hey what's up
1: <laughs> just uh you know having Shit. a cup of coffee
0: just, chill. just chilling yep well who okay well before I get into all these questions that I have for you, can you introduce yourself and give a little backstory about who you are, what you do? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So my name is Robert DeLude, and I am a creator. I host the None of Your Business podcast, and then I produce a couple of shows as well. Um, so background, uh, I'm a recovering drug addict and alcoholic. Back in 2018, I uh, ended up homeless in Vegas, I was in a codependent relationship that almost killed me, and then uh, after waking up in the ICU from a drug overdose that I purposely did, um, I decided to wake up and, you know, turn my life around and get back into sobriety, and I figured that my story could benefit somebody else, so that's why I started my podcast.
0: That's how it happened? Yeah. Holy shit. Okay, so you, how long ago was this?
1: Uh, Fuck, two and a half years ago?
0: And when you that was your first and only overdose, yeah.
1: Yeah. And when
0: and when you woke up, you were like,
1: "I got to fucking do something." And like, I was afraid to like start my podcast. Like, I would record and then like I would delete it and then um, the so it was July third that I overdosed, and then like the following February is where I finally got the balls to release it.
0: Wow, you were scared.
1: Yeah, what was
0: what were you afraid of
1: people if they would like it if they would accept me um
0: but like, it's doing well
1: yeah, yeah yeah it is that's like just fear just fear
0: did you you went wait did you go viral one of your episodes or something like that no you didn't no. why did i think you did i don't know i it's maybe i thought you should
1: <laughs> um i've had like you've
0: had viral people
1: yeah, like Evan Carmichael, Don Miguel Ruiz, um, mm. fucking other people. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: How did you? How did you? Okay, so you're obviously really good at networking.
1: Yeah, I. So to be honest, I just use my drug, like nailing, like mindset. Yeah. To
0: network. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So okay, so that. We were okay, I was on your podcast for those of you who don't know. Um, I was on Rob's podcast and we were talking about how like the shitty the shitty situations kind of teach us lessons for mm-hmm. the f- future. So would you say that that's one of your like shticks now is like almost being a drug addict helped you to be able to know how to fucking network?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like um absolutely. Like, especially in addiction, like like I might not be able to pay my rent, but I'm gonna get that fucking high today.
0: Right, right, right. So right.
1: like just like the mindset that you have to be in.
0: Yeah. It's
1: like, okay, well I'm not gonna take no for an answer. Like and then like I when I bought drugs and sold drugs, mm-hmm. like I always wanted like the big dog. So I just went to the suppliers, so I'm like, why not use the same like skills to like build a business? And, and yes. like I, I didn't want my podcast to be like be a business, but like that was like the end goal. Of course, like not do anything else.
0: Right, Um, that's for for me as well. You know, Um, like the end goal is yeah, okay, TikTok, Instagram, all that's wonderful. But the end goal is to make the podcast the business and like you know live off of it because it's you. I mean, you obviously fucking love doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, you know, I get to have beautiful conversations like with people like you and then I get just get to learn.
0: Yeah. Just get to learn, learn a lot just talking to people like I've learned a lot talking to you, you know, and like your story as well. I th- I feel. Like I love I'm a sucker for a good redemption story. Like I I've always said this. Me, the person that I am living in my fucking Long Island bubble, never really facing, I mean, okay, I've gone through depression and anxiety and I've dealt with a codependent relationship with a narcissist. And, you know, in that respect, that's a little adverse, I guess, but I've never really dealt with like crazy adversity. It's always been okay. It's a little hump. You can kind of get past it. And when
1: that might just be crazy enough for you,
0: I guess I I don't like,
1: like there's high bottoms and low bottoms. Like you just had a high bottom and someone like me, I had a really low bottom. Right. Like we all go through struggles. It doesn't matter what our background is. Like we all go through struggles.
0: We do. You're right. I just, I don't know why, but I have such respect for recovering addicts because I think that is one of the hardest things to overcome. Like, is is an addiction of some sort?
1: You know, um, I first got sober when I was 19. Mm. And then I had three surgeries on my testicles. um, And then I got, yeah, might be a little TMI.
0: No, no, whatever.
1: The look on your face was like, what the fuck?
0: I was not (laughs) expecting you to say the word testicles.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've told the story so many times. I'm like, whatever. Like, I forget that it faces people. Right um but so anyways i then i got uh addicted to painkillers again like 15 months of hell and then i got into a relationship yada 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 and like yeah like fucking getting off drugs like sucks like i can be sick or i can just go do some drugs and i am not sick anymore yeah and like the powerless over it is fucking like when you absolutely know that you don't want to fucking pick up that drug or drink, but you like, you're going to anyways. Like so many times I would just, you know, be in my car or wherever the fuck I was just crying. Like, fuck, I don't want to do this, but I know I was going to, no matter what, I was going to stick that needle in my arm, no matter what the fuck I did. Um,
0: yeah. Do you think that that's what keeps people ad- like using as well as the fear of withdrawing the fear of, what you feel when you don't have it like no yeah
1: absolutely absolutely um you don't want like when i first got sober like all the emotions just coming up and i'm like fuck like how do i manage this yeah go get drunk oh wait when i get drunk i like to fucking shoot up meth um and then when i am high on meth i like to do heroin because meth is too much for me and it's just this repetitive cycle so and that's just like my story like and there's you know a million other people with the same experience Yep. you know i'm no one special i just
0: i think you are though i think you put more value out there than you realize just by telling your story you know what i mean and um i think you could inspire somebody out there for sure who wants to get clean or 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 even has some sort of situation that they're going through, like your story can inspire and probably has already inspired somebody, you know?
1: Yeah, when I get DMs on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and saying that, you know, hey, I listened to this episode with so and so and like because of that I didn't drink today and I'm like, fuck. Right. Like
0: your words sh- your words are pow- powerful, you know.
1: Yeah, like that's the shit. Like, I just want to inspire one person, and now where it is at today, I'm like, fuck, like but people now, are listening.
0: I have I, okay, so here's another. I literally, I have a sheet of questions, haven't even hit them yet. But
1: now you got another question.
0: But I do have another question. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, let me preface. I don't have a drinking problem. I okay. have. I have a problem with drinking my feelings when i'm feeling something like obviously i'm not addicted i don't go through withdrawals like i can i just went a month without drinking no problem but when i'm thank you i mean i i started i was i drank on friday and saturday got wasted because you know whatever personal things happen and then i don't want to feel and i drink probably not the best idea i recognize that when i am drunk I do stupid things. I drove home drunk on Saturday. Uh, I told my friends, no, I'm fine. And like, I'm going to put it out there because I'm an open book. I literally drove home drunk, came home, put my headphones in my in my ear, c- cried a little bit, and um, fell asleep with my bra on, my earrings. And like, obviously, like I didn't get ready for bed. So like I was drunk. Okay. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Shouldn't have driven home. What would you say to somebody like me or me who genuinely does not want to do that?
1: You genuinely don't want to do that, but you did it anyways.
0: I really like drinking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you know, um, in 12 step programs, they say it doesn't matter how much you drink, mm-hmm. but when you start drinking, can you stop and if you can't, then one you. is too many and a thousand is never enough, then you might be an addict or an alcoholic. Um, like, you know, and I, like I can't say that you are or not. That's something that you have to diagnose yourself. Right, right, right. But what I would tell someone would be like, you know, go to the bar. And if you can have one beer and walk away, then... Uh,
0: I've definitely done it but when i'm in emotional turmoil i can't like that's where i've done it where i'm just like i got to drive i'm having two uh-huh. drinks or whatever and i'm cool mhm and then i've also been like i got to catch an uber <laughs> you know and like you know
1: like there wasn't uber existing when i was drinking
0: mhm
1: um so, and like I live in fucking Helena, or I lived in Helena at the time. So, like, good fucking luck. Um, <laughs> I, we don't even have taxis there. So, oh God. yeah, the public transportation is one bus that runs nine to five in one route. And, like,
0: that's it. Fu-
1: that, that's it.
0: And a carrier pigeon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have three.
0: And an owl from Hogwarts. That's it
1: yeah no shit um but anyways like i i drank to self-medicate like i I just want to be accepted and then i like there's this dark feeling inside me that like i wasn't good enough i'm not enough oh my god and then you know i i you know how did i get friends well if i sold drugs and people would be my friend and then I would fucking buy their friendship with drugs and money and booze and whatever. And once that was gone, then they were never there. And then I drank to cover up my emotions because I never felt like I was good enough. And then pretty soon I'm addicted. Mm. Uh, but again, you know, I I can't, you know, like, I'm not going to, like, for if I could drink like the way that you drank, I probably wouldn't be an alcoholic. But, you know, because normal people that's what they do yeah like i don't know you're what 30 years old and you're in college
0: 31 yeah
1: is your life blowing up
0: like like bl- like blowing- bad um no i'm just going through some like personal things like you know emotionally taxing things, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah. You know, if if you think drinking like normal people also like non-alcoholics, like they don't think that drinking might be a like a problem. Mm. Like only alcoholics in my experience and like somewhere else in the world might be different, but you know, the, the 12-step programs that I belong to, no one has ever thought hmm, maybe alcohol is a problem and end up not getting sober. Like, they know fucking alcohol is a problem. Right. Like. Yeah. But, you know, like, that is something that, you know, like.
0: You have to do some introspection. Yeah. To figure sure. it out.
1: Like, maybe, like, fucking do a Zoom 12-step program meeting.
0: Well, I mean, I've been to one of my friends that I grew up with is in a um is in a uh, and I went to one of her meetings. I guess it was like her seven years sober. Yeah. So I went and I just remember thinking like, OK, all right. Like I can relate to some of these people, but at the same time, like this isn't just made me very uh, like I don't even know. I don't even know
1: you could relate in an aa meeting
0: like i could re- <laughs> like to the the emotional aspect of yeah of, of what people were feeling you know
1: yeah like we're also humans
0: right right like
1: nope. everyone fucking has emotions right we like alcoholics we just can't fucking stop at one right if i could like my roommate is so not alcoholic he has one beer and then has a glass of water after, like, after the beer. So he's yeah. hydrated. And I'm, like, he bought two beers. One, like, the first night I moved in here, he bought two beers because um, he wanted to try the new one. Hmm. Had one sip, dumped it down the drain, and I'm, like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it. Man. like it. <laughs> alright and then he cracked up a, the beer that he usually drinks mm. drank half of it and then dumped it down the drain I'm like what the fuck like
0: I i mean that's what I'm saying like I've fucking done that like I've literally taken a sip or two and just been like "Eh, not really into this mm. and then you know put it away and never needed it again you know um so I guess yeah I guess wow we went down a fucking rabbit hole I'm gonna I'm gonna redirect and ask you my first fucking question. Are you- all right,
1: but before you do that, I'm okay. gonna say maybe me- go to therapy instead of drinking.
0: I do go to therapy.
1: <laughs> Pick up some more healthy habits, and that's all I'm gonna say.
0: That's you're right. I gotta do that, hundred percent. Anyway, what's the biggest doubt that you have? <sighs> that's my first my first question.
1: Um, that's a really like you know fuck it (laughs) um i've never said this publicly before but like i think i'm transgender
0: no way
1: yeah so like the doubt in my mind like am i or am i not like and like going through that process is like something that i've been battling with for fucking years
0: wow holy holy and you know what Looking at you, I would have never known. That. <laughs> Obviously, really <laughs> right? Because you're you like? Do you okay? Do you, so when you say that you could be transgender, do you think that you identify as a, a woman?
1: You yeah, know, like it's yes, really, but like it will be like three months. That's how I feel, and then like three months, no. And like three months am i by like i like it's so like confusing
0: right right are That's, you do you struggle with your sexuality too or no
1: i you know what like I did, but now I'm like, whatever right yeah I'm like just- I did, and then like that there was like I thought I was bi. Yeah. and then like just like that thing in back of my head. And like the older that I get, I'm like,
0: fuck, like. Would have you, this is another follow up, I guess. What's up? Would you or have you ever worn like women's clothes? Like, yeah. And does it feel good? It does. Wow.
1: Yeah. Which, like, this is the shit that, like, I fucking, like, am afraid to tell anyone. So, wow. Like,
0: well can i open back up to you go for it as the androgynous female um i have in the past thought to myself the same thing like all right well i don't oh you think
1: that you're a chick too (laughs) (laughs) right i'm sorry
0: (laughs) right no exactly i mean i still struggle to this day i wear a binder like i don't even wear a bra i wear a binder to mash my boobs i'm thinking about chopping my boobs off because, really yeah because they give me really crazy dysphoria and i don't know if i would identify as trans because i don't i couldn't see myself fully transitioning yeah um but i know that as an androgynous female I experience dysphoria, and I do um, relate to that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. No. Totally. I like get I don't,
0: that. I don't want my boobs.
1: Well, then get them off.
0: Well, here's the thing, though. If I if I have a significant other, this is how I am. My boobs make me so uncomfortable, but I'm still struggling. With the idea that is it dysphoria or is it um, body dysmorphia? Because those... What?
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I understand what you're saying.
0: Because if I feel really comfortable sexually with my partner and she loves my boobs and makes me feel like... You know my boobs are a great thing, and it doesn't make me as uncomfortable. I guess so. I don't know. I'm, it's very confusing this shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is.
0: Having a uh, meat a meat suit is very confusing.
1: <laughs> meat suit. <laughs> is that what you call your boobs?
0: No, just my body. You know, body.
1: Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it is fucking confusing. Yeah. Like, I then, like, I was going to go to, uh, like, a gender therapist, and then, like, I got afraid, and I canceled it.
0: What are you, like, what are you afraid of, though?
1: Um, knowing, I think. Like, just taking that step. Okay. Like, yeah.
0: I get it. I totally get it. What? um, but, okay if you were let's say in the future to transition yeah s- sexuality wise how would you identify would you then be still bi still liking men and women
1: yeah i think so
0: or pansexual i guess you would probably
1: yeah cuz i'm like whatever like if i dig your vibe then like right there has to be like chemistry
0: right yeah right, right, right. like
1: if there isn't chemistry then like i'm like I can appreciate you but
0: but go away.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: That's how I am too. Um I I mean again, I and I've I said this to you on your your podcast. The amount of straight women that I've been with, I know that sexuality is fluid, you just have to be open to certain things. Yeah. And for me, I would never rule out the idea of falling in love with a dude, the chances of it happening are less than 1%. But I'd never rule it out because I know that sexuality is fluid and, and a vibe is a fucking vibe. It doesn't matter, you know. What
1: so, like, what if a guy asked you out?
0: It'd probably be a no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Okay
0: it'd be a no but i i also know that if i fell in love with a trans woman right um who you know let's say still had her appendage in intact yeah i wouldn't if i fell in love with her i wouldn't be like no you have a penis. like you know what i mean yeah if 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 I was attracted to her and we vibed and I fell in love with her, then, you know, just like, I think a straight woman, if I were a trans dude and a straight woman, you know, like, fell for just, I've, listen, I've know that there are so many straight women out there who have, I feel like women are just more open than men, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: It's like, guys do not want to fucking admit it.
0: No. No. Like, it's it's emasculating.
1: Yeah. Like, oh, are you hooked up with this dude? Oh, you're a fucking faggot. Like, right.
0: right. But
1: then you fucking call him a faggot, but then you'll go watch lesbian porn.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I think so. also for androgynous lesbians, it's it's emasculating for us to say that there's a possibility that we would end up with a dude. Like, I know I love women. You know what I mean? I'm attracted to women. Um, but, like, I've never had tendencies toward men, I guess. But mm. again, I would still, I'm, I, I still have an open mind because I've been... In situations where I've made out with dudes, and like it didn't not do anything, you know what I mean? So it's like I identify as a lesbian, but I recognize that sexuality is fluid, you know what I mean yeah. that in certain situations, sex is sex. <laughs> yeah
1: So man, like we said on my show, like if you got into a, like a relationship with a man, like think of like what that would do. You're
0: following right again, the chances of it have I mean, <laughs> there's more of a chance of like me being struck by lightning than me uh, genuinely than than I think of me ever falling for a dude,
1: yeah, totally,
0: but nobody's ever not been struck by lightning. you know what I'm saying,
1: yeah, you're it's- open to the idea if it comes if it's presented to yourself you're not going to go actively search for right yeah
0: right i doubt it'll ever ever happen but i reckon again i can't i have to keep my beliefs in line with my like you know what i mean with my experiences and if i who would i be being in love with straight women and like dealing with straight women and believing that a straight woman could not flip for me, but like change her whole trajectory of her life for a love that she has for me, who would I be then to say, Nope, it'll never happen with me and a guy like that would be very hypocritical of me, you know? Yeah. So, so the coherence, I I have to keep the coherence anyway, we're down What? What? I was gonna say we're down another rabbit hole, but anyway, continue.
1: Oh, there was a point in my life where, like, I was like, I, I, I can turn into a gay girl. Like, this is, like, I tried, and like, it became like fucked up. Like, I, like, just a manipulative fuck. It didn't ever happen. <laughs> um, but like, that was my mission for like two
0: years to turn a gay. See, like, I don't go on missions for straight women. I just, for some reason, and maybe this is like my whole gender identity. Maybe it's somewhere deep down. I do identify more as a male than a female. And maybe that's why I fall for straight women. You know, um, I don't seek them out. I swear I don't. It just fucking happens. And I'm, and I don't look at them as like conquests. <sighs> um, But. You know, it's it's a thing and it's definitely happens plenty of fucking times.
1: Yeah, I get that a lot.
0: I don't even know what I wrote on this. Wait, what is the worst and best thing? Oh, yeah, I like this. What's the worst and best thing about being you?
1: (sighs) The worst and best thing.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I would say being an alcoholic.
0: Is both the worst and best thing? Yeah. Okay,
1: on the worst side of it.
0: Mhm. Explain.
1: Um I can't drink like a normal person and like the thinking that an alcoholic has is like bipolar schizophrenia and like, you know, obsession to the whatever. Just craziness. Mhm. And then like the best part of it is I get to go to Alcoholics Anonymous. And I get to live a spiritual way of life. Um, and then I get to help other people with my story. So, yeah. But,
0: uh, you, okay. You have obsessive thoughts, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I might literally be a fucking alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have obsessive thoughts about alcohol, but I, obs- I have obsessive, okay, when... Is this like the mind of an alcoholic when you get into – um like right now, I'm going through a bit of a heartache situation, right? Yeah. And when I find this type of situation happening, I get myself into a thought loop that never ends and causes uncontrollable anxiety and almost becomes debilitating. Is that Is like it with
1: one, another human being?
0: But like a codependency thing? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, like, codependents and alcoholics like they think very similar.
0: Okay. So, I'm codependent.
1: That's up to you to decide.
0: I'm definitely. Um, I'm definitely. I would
1: check out an Al-Anon meeting if I were you. Really? Yeah.
0: What's like, Al-Anon?
1: I, I go to Al-Anon. So, like, Al-Anon is for, like, um, the family. Like, if we were dating mm-hmm. and, like, I was a drunk alcoholic piece of shit. <laughs> and you were fucked up over it,
0: uh-huh.
1: like you would go to Al Anon and then I would go to AA, if that makes sense.
0: Got it. So, how would an Al Anon meeting benefit me as opposed to like an AA?
1: Because Al Anons are codependents.
0: Okay. Which makes sense because I grew up with an alcoholic stepmother who was mm. abusive. So, that could be where I'm codependent from.
1: Yeah. You got that trauma. Right. Yeah you might not think it's trauma, but it's trauma.
0: I might have to uh, look into this. Wow. you're See, I told you. You're fucking changing lives. <laughs>
1: <laughs> By the way, I want to send you my PayPal, and it's going to be $100 per <laughs> session.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> $100 a minute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say an hour, but fuck. All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Shoot your shot. I mean, fuck. If you can squeeze out as much as you can, then fucking do it. You know, um, which kind of brings me to my next question. Dun, 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 dun. And I kind of know, wh- I think I know what your answer is going to be. But what risk have you taken that has really paid off?
1: Um, starting my podcast.
0: I knew it. Explain.
1: Um, so starting my podcast, I was always afraid. Like, I was afraid. Um, and now like I have relationships with, um, some of my favorite YouTubers, some of my favorite speakers, some of my favorite authors, um, and my network has just like expanded so much. So when I like write my book and I can do speaking gigs, like everything is aligning up to that fucking 2018, I was fucking shooting up heroin and meth in Vegas and now I get to sit at the table with fucking million... Well, I get to have a conversation across Zoom because of COVID with millionaires, and I have this network, and my, my contacts today are like full of successful people, and not drug addicts and drug dealers. I guess that's a lie, because I do have drug addicts from recovery in my phone. <laughs> so, um, but not actively using drug addicts and alcoholics. Um, so, yeah, that, like fuck, when I had Evan Carmichael, my favorite YouTuber of all time on my podcast within three months of doing it, I was like, holy shit. And then, like, just other people on, just like that. Like, I've been looking at these people for years. Fucking have given me inspiration for years, and now I get to have a relationship with them, and I'm like, what the fuck?
0: That's incredible. That is, honestly, that's fucking incredible. And and off camera and off the record, you're going to have to teach me your ways of of how you fucking network and get these people, like, or just anybody that... Because I, you know, we we all have people that we look up to and that we would love to have a conversation with. And I always think to myself, like, someday. (laughs) You know, like, someday I'll be able to reach out to that person. But then I think to myself, like, why not now? You know? I have a little bit of leverage in the game.
1: Yeah, like, fucking you... Are you kidding me? Like you, <laughs> so y- you can literally reach anyone that you want. Like I had a, I have to break algorithms to get into their DM box.
0: Get the. What do you mean? Wait. What do you explain that?
1: So if you, uh, so they can set um, like settings and shit, and if you have like X amount of followers, like you, they won't even like reach your inbox. So you have to like break that the system through Instagram and Facebook. To get on their DM box. Because otherwise it was just like. They won't even see it because you're following solo.
0: No the fuck way. That's how. Ins- That's so disgusting. <laughs> Can I just say. That it's like your worth. In a person's inbox. According to Instagram. Is based on how many people fucking hit the follow button. I'm yeah. appalled by that algorithm.
1: You're appalled by that?
0: Yeah. That's
1: fucking Instagram.
0: I know. <laughs> like- I'm so (gasps) appalled that that's how that works.
1: How does the TikTok algorithm work?
0: I think it's like anybody can message you, right? If you're, I don't know, because I have, so like, okay. So on Instagram, you know how you have um, people who just message you and then you have requests, message requests. Yeah because either you're not following them or whatever it's kind of like that on tiktok so maybe it's the same way and i'm not realizing Mm. because i have it's like people that you may know that have messaged you and then i can go into that folder and there's a bunch of people that i'm not following that have messaged
1: and you're like yeah fuck you fuck you fuck you you."
0: (laughs) no i i try i mean listen i fucking try to answer as many people as possible but like as of late People be pissing me off lately. What do you mean by that? Because they think that they're entitled to your energy Mm. just because you're a creator, because you exist. And if if you reach out to me and you want to give me a compliment, or even if you want to tell me to fuck off, by all means, that's your freedom of speech. But don't then, if I don't see it right away, or if I don't answer right away, don't then get angry
1: You're still a human. Right. Like, who the fuck is, like, on their phone 24 hours a day?
0: Right. I'm in school. I'm dealing with personal shit. I'm doing the podcast. I'm live stream. Like, I have so much going on. I'm not in my DMs like that. And there are people who actively, like, have gotten butt hurt because I just, you know. So have
1: you lost following because of it?
0: No, just people... People say shit, you know, like people, um, you can just see the shade that in some people that they get some girl commented on my, um, one of my YouTube videos. She'll probably see this. And I did a, you uh, did a podcast episode where I have a Patreon and I, I told my patrons to ask me any questions that they had that they,
1: yeah, I to that. What? I listened to that.
0: Yeah. The advice for patrons. Mm. It was like an extra thing that I wanted to do for them because they fucking helped me out tremendously. No. It's the least I could fucking do, you know? Like, if I could give my left tit to them to say thank you, I'd fucking do it. You know what I'm saying?
1: What about the socks?
0: And my wool <laughs> socks. Not my Hufflepuff socks, though, because <laughs> those are my favorite. But um, somebody commented who wasn't a patron, and she's like, I can see your... You're being selective with who you talk to. It's like, yeah, I'm not allowed to. Aren't you? You literally just talk to anybody. Like, you know, you're you, like if, if a creep comes up to you in the store, like you're going to give that person your energy. That's just people. F- I just don't get how people think sometimes.
1: <laughs> hey, if you want me. Never mind. I'm not going to say that.
0: <laughs> Why not, not? Say, that. say
1: it? I was going to say, tell me who it is when we're not <laughs> recording and I will send a dick pic. <laughs> what she thinks
0: <laughs>
1: nobody likes unsolicited dick bags
0: oh my god no no they don't
1: so, and then they're like hey what that offends you what do you mean
0: <laughs> i would die but no, I, no i'm not telling now i'm not telling you <laughs> <laughs> um okay my next question what's that i i think i already know this one too you know what? I like this question. What are you tired of hearing about?
1: Fucking COVID. COVID? COVID yeah. politics. Yeah. Um yeah. That shit. Um Yeah, COVID politics. Um
0: how- and how fucking politicized we've we've created a pandemic to be. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't want to wear a fucking mask anymore.
0: <laughs> I don't know anybody that's I mean I, I don't know anybody that's out there like, "Yay, my mask." You know what I mean? It's fucking annoying, but <sighs> You don't seem like an anti-masker. Are you an anti-masker?
1: I like I will do it. I'm not anti-mask, I'm just more like, fuck, I don't want to walk back to my car. Mm -hmm. and go get it
0: (laughs) that's how i am too
1: so i'm like god damn it yeah like i'm so fucking over it like
0: it's it's when you when you look out this is how i see it when i look back to before covid and then i look out it's hard to picture what life is going to be like after this. If if certain things are just always going to be in place from now on or like, you know, when you, you're in a situation, you're just like, I can't see a fucking end to this, you know, like a true end. I th- think in
1: four years, we're going to totally forget that this thing even existed. Mm. But then there's going to be that one crazy old fucking lady <laughs> that. Has her fucking mask on. <laughs> right. And
0: everyone would
1: be like, what the fuck is, what is she talking about? Right. Mask, because we're just so self-absorbed. And once the new fucking iPhone comes out, we're going to just forget about it. You think so? Yeah. Well, that's what I hope, you know?
0: Yeah. Like, Wendy... what... what? What's that? No, what were you going to say?
1: Do you even remember what the fuck we were talking about four years ago?
0: What year? I don't even know what year we're in right now. Um, 2021. 2017. was. Yeah, exactly. they
1: are just proving my point. You yeah, fucking yeah, have, have no to think idea. about it.
0: Yeah, I have no fucking idea. Yeah. You're, you're right. Remember the Ebola scare? Everybody was up in arms about that, and like two people in the, in a, in the United States died?
1: I think I was high, so like, no, I don't remember the Ebola.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so You were high through Ebola. All right, well. Thank God. I mean, realistically, thank God COVID isn't like the Ebola virus. The chances of survival for Ebola are like 20%. But I mean, I just right now, where we're at right now, I can't I can't look at life and be like I can't wait for this to be over because I just don't see the end right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, this thing will, you know, just come here and then it's gone and now it's been a fucking year. Yeah. And,
0: uh, and we're not any better. No. We're really not. We're almost in February. I cannot believe it's been a fucking year. Remember that bullshit when they're like, yeah, we're just locking down for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, lockdown, and then the virus will disappear. Yeah. And uh, it, you know, only traveled from China overnight, but it will disappear. <laughs> so...
0: Yeah, you know, not too bad.
1: Yeah. Fucking... Oh. Like I literally moved over to Missoula because like, there's like more shit going on here. And then I moved <laughs> over, and well, then the fucking shutdown happened. Mm. Literally two weeks Over here, I'm like, oh, well, now why the fuck am I over here? And then my job shut down last month. So, like...
0: Wait, wait, where were you working?
1: I worked at uh, Big Sky Academy, so it was a behavioral youth treatment center for delinquent teenagers.
0: Wow, you're my fucking hero. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome.
1: Um, So now, like, I might move back to my hometown to, like, do something similar like that.
0: That's what you were telling me when we were texting that you're like contemplating life choices right now. Yeah. What would that move be for? Just because.
1: My family's there. Like, yeah, my family's there. And I like, I was thinking about it. Um, <sighs> a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, there's nothing in Missoula for me right now. Mm-hmm. Like I, all my friends, like not, majority of the people that i give a fuck about the ones that i love um i live in helena i'm like why don't i just go to helena yeah like i don't like we can't go to fucking concerts right now anyways
0: right right right
1: can't do anything so it, why yeah. not go be around the people that i love
0: when do you think shit's gonna open back up again
1: they like in Montana. They got concerts planned for August, but um, but like so many fucking people are living here, are moving here now. That's probably gonna change.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, really don't fucking know. Like,
1: we barely. Ha- I think we just hit a million people in the state. So,
0: a million people in Montana alone. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Damn. Fourth
1: largest state in the fucking country, and we just hit a million people.
0: I don't know how many people are in New York.
1: Yeah. Like how? 34 million?
0: We have 34 million people here?
1: I believe that's what it is.
0: Well, thanks for that. Let me know. I lived here my entire life. I
1: could be completely wrong. Um, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> yeah, That could be completely I, wanna, I almost want to Google it right now and figure it out. Why? I have no idea. How many people are in New York? <laughs> Do you want to know the answer? Yeah, fuck it. Eight million. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> we're, just, we're just out here giving the wrong info. <laughs> Good thing I fucking Googled it. Right. <laughs> Somebody in the UK is gonna listen and be like, "Do you know how many people are in New York? It's thirty-four million fucking people!" <laughs> wow. If I mean, I guess if you if you've ever been to Manhattan, it fucking feels like there's thirty-four million.
1: No, I've like the farthest east I've been is fucking Glendive, Montana, and that's like almost to North Dakota.
0: So you? Oh wow! The farthest west I've been is Arizona. Mm. Yeah, which is pretty fucking. Nuts. So
1: you didn't come to Montana?
0: No. You bitch! I don't even. <laughs> I don't even know where fucking Montana is on the map.
1: Yeah, most people don't. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> like, do you guys even have a team? No. You don't.
1: Like a uh, professional team? Yeah. Yeah, no, we don't
0: see like what the fuck. Like, nah, Montana doesn't exist. It just doesn't. yeah,
1: and I would, it doesn't.
0: But sorry for for anybody who's from in Montana. I don't believe you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. Anyway, what event or events made the biggest impact on who you are today?
1: What event or events? Hmm. That's a good one.
0: Thank you. I gotta say, I googled it. I can't. I didn't even think of it on my own.
1: Oh, since it's not an OG question from Tori, I that means they don't have to answer it.
0: <laughs> you must answer. <laughs> um.
1: So that's fuck. That's deep. Um. Okay, so. (laughs) Yeah, no, let's go with this. Um, I was 19 years old and I was like on Xanax and just a cocktail of drugs. Um, and the, you know, my family was like, you need to go to treatment. And I'm like, yeah, fuck you guys.
0: (laughs) You
1: know, they're finding syringes in my fucking room and like, just it's a shit show um so i wake up and i'm just like withdrawing and i'm fucking sick and like my family is like you need to go to treatment and i'm like yeah fine whatever like i'll fucking do anything just give me my fucking car keys like and then i you know got my car keys and i went straight to the dope man's house and uh as i was bowling up my heroin to shoot up there's this voice and Inside of my head was like, dude, go to fucking treatment. And, like, from that experience, like, I still got high. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I ended up going to treatment. And, like, going to treatment in 2013 was, like, the best thing that happened to me. Um, you know, the feds were busting down my friends' doors. Fucking people. The DEA was arresting people. Like, shit was not good. Um, I still have friends in prison. And, like, shit was getting crazy. And, like, having that voice inside my head that said, fucking, dude, get the fuck out of here and go to treatment. save my life. And, like, I'm not in prison because of it.
0: Wow. So you went, okay, how many times have you been to treatment? Once. Once. And that was it? It was one and done?
1: No, not one and done. So, um.
0: Oh, yeah, because you said that you.
1: Yeah, Relapse. Okay but it like gave me the foundation and like the tools because I was sober for th- three years wow. and it gave me the uh the tools that I had so when i it was time to get sober again, I knew like what to do so
0: not to mention and this is weird for me to even say um but I've heard that when you're sober for a while and then you relapse that's when the overdose happens because you do you you seek out the same amount of drug that you did when you were using, and yeah. you ha- and you had your tolerance. Oh yeah, that and-
1: happens a lot. Like I'm, like surprised that I like never OD'd until I purposely tried to.
0: I can't believe, and I was gonna, I'm just gonna say that too. Like I can't believe that you, first of all, like purposely tried to.
1: Yeah. So my fiance got arrested. The mm-hmm. crazy fucking Kim Jong-un one. <laughs> um. So she got arrested and I thought it was my fault. So like it was toxic, codependent. And, um, you know, it, like I couldn't get her out of jail. So I took the fucking $500 of bail money. And I went and fucking bought heroin and meth and stuck it inside my arm.
0: That was why you, you purposely tried to? Mm-hmm. She was a, obviously she used as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Um I see my um assumption was that you tried to kill yourself or overdosed because she broke up with you or something like that.
1: No. No. Holy she, shit. Uh, yeah. No, she got arrested. And uh so like side note we went so we we went when we went to vegas she was absconding from probation mm-hmm. so when we came back to montana um we got in a fucking car wreck and like just a fight and the cops showed up because i wrecked the car and mm-hmm. like there was fighting and it looked like i fucking murdered her like because there was blood like i punched my rear view mirror my hand was cut like blood all over the place like anybody like i was crying she was yelling like so why the cops got called like it made sense right and if the cops pulled up and saw all the blood in the car like they'd be like what the fuck is going on um but she had a warrant so she got arrested and like i i was like fuck it's my fault she got arrested like oh like i'm not good enough i'm a piece of shit partner blah blah blah
0: wow Do you think some of that was from her toxicity toward you, too?
1: Oh, fuck, yeah. Yeah, she's borderline personality disorder and toxic as fuck. Mm. Um, She's a sick person, Mm. and I wish her well, um, but I hope I never see her again.
0: Is she still actively using?
1: You know, um, last I heard, she was back in Portland, where she's from, and she's doing well. Okay. Last I heard. Um, I don't know. Don't give a shit. Right,
0: <laughs> right.
1: Like, fuck. Every time I see an Asian person, I think it's her. <laughs> um, so
0: you want to punch an Asian in the face because,
1: it, like, my heart like feels like it stops,
0: really still.
1: Yeah, it's like fuck.
0: Do you find right? Do you now? I'm getting comfortable now because do you
1: in that f- comfy ass chair.
0: Yeah, my comfy ass chair. By the way, did you get the link I sent you?
1: I did. Thank you. Yeah. I opened it and I like
0: saw the price and then said, "Fuck this bitch, I'm out."
1: No, I just like opened it and was like, "I'm fucking tired." I'm like, I think I was on the road and had my phone.
0: Oh, that's alright. I, I mean, just just wanted to make sure you. Go. It's totally fine. Um, I'll do, buy it one of these videos. Do it, and when you do, take a picture, please, <laughs> okay, well. and, and text it to me um do you find because this is this is my experience with a toxic situation right and i say she's a narcissist she's not diagnosed so i kind of hate saying that but you know when i look at you know all of the she hits all the markers you know what i mean did you Um, web md this (laughs) maybe (laughs) 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 now to be quite honest um it like threw me for a second, you know. Like it makes. It... Why the fuck is your sister in law fucking telling you?
1: Like, if <laughs> right. she, like if she knows the damage that she that did, then like, right? What the fuck? Like, that's more like I don't know. I don't want to judge your sister in law, but like, if fucking my sister knows if Laura fucking texted her, oh, I just said her name. Okay. <laughs> um, if was that person texted my sister, my sister wouldn't fucking tell me.
0: Well, I I don't I don't think I've really expressed truly. Um. So, like, my family doesn't know. My mother doesn't know how many times she yeah. was, she was called a cunt by my ex. You know, in the midst of a fight. My sister in law doesn't. Yeah, we
1: need to talk to Robert because he's more fucked <laughs>
0: up than.